Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Real Boys. It's a podcast where we gather a whole bunch of funny people together, talk about their favorite movies. My name is Dylan. I'll be your host tonight because I chose the movie for this week, which is Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. Uh, released in 2007, it was written by Judd Apatow and Jake Kasdan, who directed it. Uh, Jake Kasdan, the son of Lawrence Kasdan, who did The Empire Strikes Back. It's a really powerfully tongue-in-cheek parody of the music biopic, um, specifically Walk the Line, though it's got elements of Ray and a bunch of other ones in there. And it follows the story of rock and roll legend Dewey Cox across his long life from his humble beginnings through his end on stage. Now, I may be your uh, front man this week, but I'm nothing without the backup band, so let's bring them on stage one at a time. First up, we've got Dan Levely of Oops Caught Me Smoking. Dan, how you doing today? Great, great. How you doing, Dan? Yeah, I'm doing all right. So, uh, Dan, had you seen this movie before? Thousands of times. Okay, cool. <laughs> got an opinion on it? Uh, it's it's a good movie. Don't okay. get me wrong. I've seen better, but it is, it's a good movie. Yeah, right on. Um, are you musical at all? Just a question I think I'm going to toss around a fair amount. Uh, I, I come from a musician from a musician family, but I picked basketball instead. Oh. So, no. Well, all right. You know, we can't all be perfect. Um, <laughs> well, cool. Uh, we're going to get a little bit more of opinion in there uh, later. I'm going to send you out, get someone else up here real quick. Uh, next up is an entertainer, comedian, movie fan. This is Chris Harvey, who managed to fit us into his uh, busy schedule. Uh, Chris, how are yeah. you doing tonight? What's up? What's up? Yeah. You know, another night. Nothing too bad. What right. are you up to? Uh, nothing. Just got done watching the movies. Yeah. What did you think? First impression? Um surprise this into someone's top five favorite movie that's fair you know i'm not gonna judge your opinion too harshly even if it's the incorrect one uh I'm judging you so it's okay oh that's fine we'll judge each other <laughs> we're uh we're an equal opportunity podcast for sure of cool uh we'll get we'll get your uh contrary opinion in just a few minutes i'm gonna send you out get someone else Sounds in here good. real quick right on uh next up we've got uh johnny blaze from the cloud chronicles johnny how you doing tonight? I'm, oh, you I'm, know. I'm, I'm great i'm great yeah, right on. <laughs> How you doing, man? Yeah, I'm doing fine. You know, I just finished the movie earlier today. I've seen it plenty of times before. You got okay. some uh, preliminary thoughts on it? Yes, uh, I'd only seen it one time before, so I rewatched this afternoon. Um, okay, I think I think it was funny, man. I think it was a good movie. All right, yeah, I right had on. I did. Was you're in your top five? So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know uh, who picked this one, but ah, uh, it's all me. Are you uh, are you musical at all? You practice music? Uh yeah, I I did a little band in my earlier years. I had a couple years of the trumpet. It's a little oh right on two years. I was a trumpet bass. player as well. Yeah. All right, there you go. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, we'll talk about that in just a second. Uh, I am going. I would bring up Justin Wallace, but he is too busy corralling all of his children into a tour bus and going cross country, so he will be here at a, a future date. Instead, I've got Michael Colby here. Michael, what's how are going you? on? Eh, not too much, you know. Talking about the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Had you seen this uh, before we decided to watch it for the movie or for the podcast? Yeah. I saw this before. Um, I thought it looked funny. I came away with it the first time thinking that it was a better movie than it. Like it wasn't as funny, but it was better than I thought it would be. Yeah. And then this time when I watched it, I was like, oh, this is way funnier than it was the first time I saw it. So it's funny and a good movie. It's uh it's very good at hitting its target for good and ill, which we'll get into a little bit later. Um, I'm going to uh, send you out, bring you back in just a second, because we've got Phil Better here. Phil, how are you doing up in the frigid north? Uh, it's 
not too frigid actually. It's uh, it was a beautiful day today, so we got some sunlight and I didn't okay. have to off any polar bears. So you know, it's a good day. Yeah, right on. One of the six days of sun you get up there in Canada. Yep. Right on. <laughs> had you uh, had you seen this movie before? No, this is the first time I've actually seen the Dewey Cox uh, story. Um, I want I wanted to see it before, but I was always like, oh, yeah, I'll get time to it. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. And uh, you know, since it was for the podcast, I saw it. It was okay. It was. I like that it was a satirical look at the uh, you know the uh, musical genre because we haven't had any of those yet. So I liked that, and John C. Riley is the perfect fit for it. But it was serviceable. Yeah, all right. Serviceable ain't a bad thing, I guess. <laughs> cool. And uh, we got one more f- person here tonight, uh, Zach Wiseman. If you know me, you know him. You know me because of him. Uh, Zach, how you doing today? Oh, dude, I'm so good. Finally yeah. finally watching a, a good movie, something <laughs> you can get behind, uh, something you can just kind of like just let it just hit you and be like, Oh, I, who who likes this? No, good good job, good pick. <laughs> well, I mean, you're responsible for me watching this in the first place, so I figured you'd have something to say about that before starting off. Yeah, no, good yeah. good pick, good suggestion, good friend, but uh, good movie, yeah. Yeah, well, right on. All right, uh, I'm gonna pop everybody in here, and we can really get started. All right, how's it going, everybody? Welcome back. Welcome. Hey, hey, is great, this great, 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 great? Am I louder? Yes. Yeah, okay. coming across better. <laughs> so yeah, my computer's being a, a pain, so I had to Jerry rig a system, so it's not my normal setup. <laughs> okay. Oh, <laughs> Justin, we miss you too. Um, <laughs> I'm speaking for myself. I can't speak for the rest of these guys. I miss him. Okay. Kids. Which one's Justin? <laughs> the only one who's missing oh, he's the one with the second missing. worst taste in movies on this show oh, his movies are pretty question, bad is Michael, is Michael going to be moving his camera around every episode absolutely <laughs> I am trying out I am trying out for a director's job on one of the some nobody's movies so I want to show my <laughs> prowess with uh framing okay just well, there's, there's another script in the works and we'll contact you if we need it um so uh walk hard everybody uh obviously john c Riley. uh a little bit of trivia he did all of his own guitar work and vocals in this as well for all the songs he played um just general general thoughts across the board yeah, I'm about it. I, I like the movie a lot. I think I'm lagging video-wise, but I'm here audio. Uh, I thought this was really clever. Uh, it started out as uh, like ob- like a very obvious mock you uh, whatever kind of movie, but then it actually gains a little bit of heart. I I, I thought it was entertaining. It, it's definitely a movie that you probably could not fall asleep to. <laughs> yeah, I I like this. Um, I like the fact that they they had a lot of ideas. And they put the ideas in whether they went somewhere or not. They they sort of said, you know what? This is funny. Let's put this in the movie. You know, it's not gonna, like when they invent punk rock music. It's like we have this bit. It's not going to go anywhere, but who cares? It's funny. So we're going to put it in the movie. And I love shit like that. Wasn't it that during his cocaine phase, though? Yeah, yeah, so it was, it was kind of exactly. Like <laughs> so he was all hyped up doing punk rock. All yeah, yeah, he was all hyped up, but like, <laughs> but like they did the song, 
you know, like it was, you know, the Sex Pistols, and then it, <laughs> nothing ever came of it. So, yeah. But yeah. I, I really enjoy stuff like that. Like, we have a bit. We like it. We're going to put it in the movie. That's that's very Judd Apatow uh, in this. Judd Apatow is pretty well known for letting his people just kind of improv and throwing stuff in there for the hell of it. Um, and I think this one's a little tighter than a lot of Judd Apatow scripts because it doesn't feel like there's so much improv, but you can still tell it's there in some points. Um, yeah, and they definitely have a lot of people who are who are talented improv oh, yeah. comedians that are in this. Like Matt Besser is in the is in his band, and it's like, how great is that? I'm sure that. He, they didn't write any lines for him. Just like, let that yeah. guy go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything? Any other initial thoughts before we get into the actual dive? Yeah. Let's. Um, okay. <laughs> go for it, Chris. I want to hear it. As as uh, the, I don't know. I, I claim myself as you know the person who's in charge of the funny movies around here. As as the comedian. Jesus, high bar there. <laughs> Quiet Place is so funny. Yeah, Call, no. Calling yourself a comedian, that was a high bar. Wow, yeah. Jesus. So, so, so this, is, this movie was like the wedding singer mixed with uh, A Million Ways to Die in the West. Like this movie had... <laughs> <laughs> you guys had... Contribu- you, you guys are already contradicting yourself because you guys were talking about how Michael just said about Quiet Place, how there was all these things that was wrong with the movie. And then you just said, oh man, we love how many things were wrong with the movie. They just came up with a bit and threw it in the movie. That don't make any sense. Just because it's comedy doesn't mean you can just throw stuff in there. That's a bad premise. No, that's, horrible that's comedy. That's 100% that's, Yeah, that's comedy. absolutely comedy. You guys, oh wait, well, how many in... people here does comedy? Raise your hand real quick. Oh, oh, oh. My, my right hand's hand. raised, but my you know, you know nothing. You know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is my realm. That I know Zach did it. <laughs> the rest of you, you talk about your other movies. This one, we're gonna stick with me on this one. This is a comedy movie. It, it just doesn't it doesn't pass the bill, guys. I I'm surprised <laughs> you guys called it a good movie. Well, it's not a comedy, it's a it's a satire, which is a, a completely different form it's a parody, of parody, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's smarter it's than a dumb comedy. Oh yeah. man. <laughs> There's multiple forms of comedy. You you realize that, right? No, As a comedian, no, there's not. Okay, the professional here. Apparently, there's only one form of comedy. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, all right, so let's get into the story just a little bit. Um, of yeah. course, we start at um a concert venue. The backstage aide is looking for. Dewey Cox, and it's the fourth line before we get our first Cox joke. Um, classic. Uh, he finds him backstage and is told that Dewey Cox needs to uh, contemplate the entirety of his life before he goes on stage, which launches us into our flashback for the movie, uh, which goes back to we see Dewey as a kid with his younger brother Nate. They're hanging out on a farm. Ma and Pa love them both. Nate is very talented. They go and have their fun oh, on the farm. Nate, Nate isn't talented. Nate is like Superman at this point. Okay. Yeah, Nate's oh, yeah. like God's child. Yeah, he, <laughs> he straight up Nate. was like, "You are the next reborn of Christ." You <laughs> are perfect. Well, did you hear him play that piano? He's better than Christ. I apologize. <laughs> that was amazing. We we have no proof Christ is a good piano player. For the record, it's true. When it's true. Though. 
So I've heard. He was a carpenter. <laughs> he probably made a lot right, of. So I've heard. Well, unfortunately, perfection doesn't prevent you from getting chopped in half by a machete, which happens to <laughs> Nate, uh, to the chagrin of his father, Pa, who claims that the wrong kid died for the first time of many in this film. Um, pa and Ma, pretty classic. Uh, well, uh, what's the name of the uh, what's the name of the little mm. town? Springberry. Springberry, yeah. yeah. Springberry, yeah. Uh, classic, yeah. Uh, but then we Chris see just looks grumpy. Like right now, he just looks like a grumpy <laughs> troll right now, just like not having it. It's like, no, you're wrong. It's bad. <laughs> this, is yeah. move. this is a rough movie. Really? All right. Now, Chris, did okay. you did you did, did did you find this to be something similar to like scary movie or like one of those spoof movies oh, at all? Did you... Scary movies are funny. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Can we recast Chris Harvey for real? <laughs> I do remember that we had a lot of new members join. I think it's possible. Uh... <laughs> no, he goes uh, back to the story. Dewey goes down to the uh, country store to buy a candle because they're going to light a candle for Nate tonight. And we find out that he also has a natural inclination to music after mastering, it seems, blues guitar after scant 15 seconds uh and we see that this movie is very clearly not going to play itself particularly seriously despite the fact that everybody in it is acting pretty seriously uh <laughs> which yeah. is only uh emphasized even more in the next scene where uh we cut to dewey as a middle school student and it is john c Riley playing margot martindale's favorite 14 year old son <laughs> <laughs> it's my 14 year old boy my favorite 14-year-old son. Uh, I like how she looked at other kids that were obviously like smaler than 14 and then just like looked at it to see if it was her. And then you it pans to John C. Riley and he's like 50. <laughs> he's like, there's my favorite 14-year-old boy. It does the zoom in on him and he's dressed in like the velvet jacket. But um, we get our Not first okay. kind Not of Chris Chris didn't like that either. Chris didn't like that either. <laughs> no facial expression. That's there is not too much that's funnier than like like people I, our age playing like I didn't middle get school it. kids. Like I, if you watch I, N15, I, I, they do the same thing. I don't I don't get it because that's what I looked like when I was 14. So <laughs> you're gonna look like that when you're ninety five thousand years old. You never, you're it. a rock for Christ's yeah. sake. You never age. <laughs> But uh, we get our first piece of uh, original music in this, uh, Take My Hand, which is a, uh, of course, very innocent little swing tune about simply uh, finding a romantic partner and taking their hand, which causes a riot and protesters outside the home, which uh, causes Dewey <laughs> to leave because Springberry's gotten too small for him. So he's going to go make it in the big city with uh, his 14-year-old girlfriend, Edith, played by, of course, Chris and Wig. 12-year-old uh, girlfriend. She 12? Yeah, 12, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. 12. <laughs> Barely leaving. Yeah, which- Come on. When when she said that, when she goes, you hear that, everybody? I'm his twelve year old girlfriend. Dude, that I thought that was so funny, <laughs> so good. I'm your girlfriend. Yeah, I pointed you and everything. Yeah, <laughs> And and we can pretty Oof. clearly see because these cast members are going to be here for a while. How does everybody feel about the performances so far at this point? Because they are playing them very on the nose. I loved it. I love. Yeah, that's. They... I mean, if they would have done it any differently. Like if they would have done it scary movie style, like over the top, 
it wouldn't have been as good. Th- them playing it seriously is like the comedy of this movie. Chris, you're very subtly shaking your head. Oh, I, I just and I didn't like this movie. Okay. I don't know why I tuned in for this one. This <laughs> of all the episodes you could have come to, yeah. you picked the one that you could care less about. Not the no, movie that I you guess chose. Chris Harvey finally shows up for an episode. <laughs> Danny hates oh, No, I'm very glad. I, did, yeah. did you did you did you not think that the acting was good, or just like the story, or? But it's not supposed to have good acting. It was it was right. it was a dumb comedy. It was like, but. What I hate about you guys is <laughs> you are the type that like 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 things for writing instead of like the actual quality of the movie. Like it was just like, oh, this was so well written. It's not written. That's the quality of a movie. Is no, how it's good not. Writing no, it's not. Is. Chris, no, it's not. What is your major <laughs> pain with this movie? Why to you it was is it just, not good question? It had a horrible premise. So it's just the premise for you. A lot. No, that's the that's the first thing. It was just okay. not done great. How was it know. not done great? It, it's just my opinion. I don't think it was done great. It just wasn't. It wasn't <laughs> great in my. Opinion. Some movies. Okay, so I laughed three times in this movie. The reasons I laughed because I was like, "This is dumb." It was like, a, "Oh, this is a dumb movie." <laughs> that's why I laughed. It's a it, John C. Riley Judd Apatow movie. Are you expecting like Cheech and Chong here? Like, look, I knew nothing. I'd never heard of this movie before today. Hmm. So, going into it, I had no expectations from the jump. I didn't even know if it was a comedy. I had no idea what John C. Riley was about. That's all it was. So I had no idea what this movie was about. Okay. So, going from the jump, not knowing what it's about, I was like, "This is a dumb movie," and I made it to the middle and I fell asleep. And then I woke up, and Jack Jack Black was John McCarthy, and I went back to sleep. John McCarthy, John McCarthy, the the famous Beatle, John McCarthy. Is that his name? That actually, Paul. uh, Whoever's name was, he was somebody. Paul Lennon. That makes a good point, though. Did any? What do you think? Do you think that this movie is very 2007? Is that the problem? Like the jokes just don't translate very well. Like I watched this when it came out and I was a fan <laughs> at the time I was a fan of like the Will Ferrell movies and how that that writing was going down like Anchorman was you know to me a very funny movie which is a very dumb premise very dumb writing and uh turned to be a, a brilliant film um but but did anyone else not see this movie when it first came out I didn't but I didn't see I it had- in theaters but I have a question for Chris as well, like a sincere one. How many musical biopics have you seen? Like we're talking like Ray, oh, no, no, uh, seen, Walk I've the seen, Line. I've seen Ray. I've seen uh, the, the. Is this Tupac count? Yeah, yeah sure. Tupac yeah. movie. Uh, yeah. Um, I've seen. No, the, why would it not count? <laughs> I don't know if that was, <laughs> Tupac is a musical. <laughs> what? What's wrong with you? I didn't know if that counted as like, too a good. music <laughs> bio. Um, sure. Yeah. And then uh, I've seen Rocket Man, the Bohemian Rhapsody. I've seen almost. All, yeah, majority okay. of them. Yeah, I think I think Zach has a point where a lot of this movie's humor at the time definitely came from how it, at that time musical biopics followed a very kind of strict formula, and this movie just went for the heart and skewered them. And we haven't seen movies like that in over a decade now because of this movie. This movie did it to the point where it killed that genre. So there's not a lot to relate to from recent film, which is a lot where a lot of this humor comes from. You compare this to 
walk the line. You compare this to Ray, you compare this to, I guess Bohemian Rhapsody does kind of, but that's way more recent. You start to see that this is very much intentionally making fun of a genre, which hasn't been around for a long time. So I kind of get it. I yeah, also so never you, been... Go ahead. You, you look for it. This, this movie is doing a particular type of musical story. It's not doing, you know, like Bohemian Rhapsody is a different story in total. It's not an, it's, this is about the single person who, you know, is magically, because all the stories show that it's magical. It's not years of practice. It just happened kind of overnight for him and him having like no one supporting him or anything like that. That's what it's the movie's about. Cause they always have this, like, like Ray, he, he couldn't see, but so John C. Riley couldn't smell. You know, they all have their <laughs> talented older brother who dies somehow. That's funny to y'all? <laughs> no, but it's making fun of what Hollywood I, used to make I, as the film. As it's it's a p- parody of these movies. That's what's funny because it's taking what used to be, what these Hollywood elites would think was what audiences wanted and skewering it, killing it. He's saying, "No, you fucked hard. That's not what we want." <laughs> We want a good story. That's what it's doing. That's why it's a great movie. Premise-wise, all that, it's shit. Okay? Well, Phil, hold on. For what it's doing, it's amazing. That No, because... Okay, you just ruined your whole argument because you just called it a great movie. Earlier you said it was an okay movie. So now you're lying to yourself. No, okay. I also said... You can't, cha- you can't change what job? you said earlier. When you <laughs> entered the Zoom, you, when you entered the call, you said it was an okay movie. It I is an okay movie. The you act- just called it a great movie. No. How do you switch it up in 20 minutes? Okay. Listen. Kick Phil. Hold on. Chris, what he's talking Chris. about. That's one gone. He doesn't matter. Everyone else start talking so I can ruin your guys' lives too. <laughs> you can't contradict yourself. I'm going to call you out. <laughs> no, I said it was at what it does, its job makes it a great movie. Okay, the job. If you look at it, skewering the 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 fucking the standard fucking Hollywood tropes of musical movies, it does a great job. But acting wise and all that, it's a, it's it's a stupid fucking movie. So it makes it an okay movie because of what it's doing is satirically making fun of what the Hollywood elites have done with fucking musical biopics. And and fucking killed it. It killed it. There was not a musical biopic like it afterwards. Everything else in that movie yeah, makes true. it a subpar, which means it's an okay movie. Feel Thus, like when you average shit out, it works like that. Are you drunk? You good? <laughs> oh, I wish. You're making me want to drink. God damn it. Is this an okay movie or is this a great movie? Pick one and stick with it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, with Chris, I ever get I'm, a, I'm with Chris. I'm with yeah. Chris. <laughs> I'm getting Chris. The firm of Chris don't want to hear that bullshit. <laughs> hey, you better say it. <laughs> so we got uh, moving on into the story. It's a good discussion yes, so go far, into the though. Story, please. Yeah. So uh, we see Dewey kind of dealing, working at Leroy Leroy's Lounge as a, uh, I think he's a janitor or like a kitchen cleaner, uh, as because the customers come there to dance erotically, uh, and then. Craig Robinson, of course, is on stage singing. Uh, he's the house act. And this is the parody of that where it's like the house musician can't go on. And so the guy who was paid attention to all the shows and <laughs> paying attention to all the shows and knows all the songs is able to uh, keep track and stuff. So he gets up on stage and gets noticed 
by the Jewish record executives. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, <laughs> no, I yeah, love the only, that. The only thing that I had a problem with was why couldn't Craig Robinson <laughs> sing, though? Like I could, oh no, he did. He had laryngitis. Yeah, he had laryngitis, and he broke his hand. He punched yeah. his landlord. Yeah. Punching his landlord. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah. The 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 Jewish That's... record executives played by also fucking hilarious. Everybody like Harold Ramis is one of them. Yeah. Uh, What's his face from Silicon Valley was was one of them. I forget who Martin the other Star. one is. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like everyone in this movie is so funny and just like you would think would make it a funny movie. It, it didn't work, it didn't work out. I think, I think you know we're less than halfway through the show, and I think already the takeaway is that comedy is subjective, which is a great lesson to learn when you're talking about movies. Not my um, comedy. I'm hilarious. Uh, Let's uh, okay. can we mute Chris Harvey for a little bit so we can get a little bit through this movie? Nah, we're equal opportunity here. So uh, we we see the uh, parody of the scene where the musician takes like a single line that someone says and turns it into their best-selling song with how he tells his wife he's going to walk hard. Uh, mm. We see them going to the record uh, recording booth where they, of course, record that and it becomes a top track after 35 minutes on the radio. And then we see the montage of uh, Dewey Cox enjoying his stardom, buying a house, buying a monkey, buying a giraffe, an increasingly large number of children. Uh, <laughs> Kristen Wig, meanwhile, keeps telling him that he'll never make it, despite the fact that he is touring the United States. Uh, and we he already st- had made it. Right. And right. we start seeing the... Uh, <laughs> 35 minutes. Like, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And we start seeing the uh, musician cameos with um, Frankie Muniz playing Buddy Holly, Jack White playing Elvis. Um, and then... We get that uh, classic, you don't want none of this shit scene. So, uh, Dan, Johnny, as the two resident experts, how did you guys feel about that pitch he did to him? About the Elvis pitch? Which one? No, about, about no. The, uh, the weed pitch. The weed. <laughs> oh, oh, that was hilarious. Go ahead, Dan. It's like, the hell you don't, yeah. man. That shit, Reefer's awesome, bro. <laughs> yeah. You made a great decision on that one. The other ones, like the pills, I would probably probably not a good one. And the cocaine, probably not a good one. But the, but the Reefer's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right on. That, that was definitely a funny, fun, definitely a funny scene, man. With yep. uh, That's Tim Robbins, right? Tim Meadows, yeah. yeah. Tim Meadows, yeah. Tim Meadows, yeah. Meadows, excuse me. Yeah, he's, he's hilarious. So, yeah, yeah. that was he, he was one of the brighter spots in the movie. Does a very good job as the drummer in this one. <laughs> yeah, we see him, someone uh, in the movie. Half of it. Yeah, someone in the movie. But yeah. we see uh, Dewey suffering from success. We see him in the hotel room where uh, we get some ha- uh, equal opportunity nudity. Uh, Chris, on your cross country tours, when you're doing your very successful comedy, you ever been in a hotel room like this? <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. You ever have to take an awkward phone call from your wife while in a hotel room like this? <laughs> Not married. Oh okay. <laughs> Hell yeah! And I'm still 26. I'm allowed to do all that stuff. And not get- oh yeah, no, I never meant to pass judgment on you whatsoever. <laughs> uh, and of course, this is when Dewey Cox is exposed to cocaine and starts his uh, dark period where he invents punk music. It's also where we meet Jenna Fisher in her role as Darlene. Yeah. Any thoughts on uh, this particular chain of events going on? 
Well, I mean, this is also the highlight uh, or uh, of like the office too. So her cast was great because the office was booming, uh, and that style of comedy was uh, like impressive at the time. And I, don't know, I th- she did a great job. I mean, she looked great, and I, I don't know, she did a good job. Yeah, yeah. I didn't I think- know it was the girl from the office <laughs> until I read the credits, and I was like, oh no, shit, she looked really good. Yeah. <laughs> When we also get Let's Duet, which in my opinion is one of the better songs from the soundtrack, just in how it's how it is lyrically written, yeah. how it goes, uh, it is almost entirely one single double entendre. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> this, which, this movie, um, this movie pushed itself where Anchorman was, where it was one of the most quoted movies for years. People were singing these yep. songs. People were like that. That whole weed thing was said by every d bag for a long time in bars. <laughs> uh, like it, this, this movie, it like it, it hit that cultural like kind of a uh, uh, epsilon for a little bit. So it's it, it's odd that Chris doesn't like it this much. That's the thing. Like, like I can understand you not liking it. I don't understand how you don't like it this much. <laughs> I think it's revenge because no. of the quiet place. <laughs> he did take it kind of personally. Oh, yeah, we did. He actually enjoys this movie, but he's like, "Fuck you guys." You. Yeah. We did have a very. We did have a very early child death in it, like like in a quiet place. So, but I mean, it was parallel. Super predictable. That's the point. I think, yeah, that was kind of the point of the movie. Yeah, but that's not good yeah, comedy. Yeah, but that's like saying scary places, <laughs> like a, a scary movie isn't predictable. Like the, those movies are predictable. Like they, they are spoofs of movies. Like you're supposed to know what's going to happen, but then it swerves yeah. a little bit. And uh, yeah. you know, now he's got uh, 18 kids instead of whatever. So, uh, yeah. Uh, no, it's not that I, I, I just I couldn't watch it a second time. That's how okay. I base things off. If I, I can't watch it, it's probably a rough movie. Uh, that I I barely I almost turned it off. The the beginning wasn't that bad. The beginning made me laugh the three times. It was the middle. Was it, it could this would have been a great short film. Twenty minutes <laughs> is all it needed to be. Twenty minutes episode this, of TV. Please, this I could have done without the an hour and a half. Part. Oh, what, I didn't Chris, even see that part. Chris, what did you think was the funniest part of the movie? What what made you laugh the hardest? Uh man. Keep talking, I'll think of it. It's not a rememberable movie, in my opinion. Wow. Huh. Wow. I thought this was gonna be a like an across the board grand slam, no problems. Like this was gonna be an easy one to get through. Everybody uh, loves it. We're just gonna talk about how great it is. There's always a few. <laughs> Michael, when it comes to a movie that you like, there could be a lot of people not liking it. You know, there's that, like, evil. Yeah, but this one, this one, like, I don't know. There's yeah, nothing okay. offensive about this movie. It's just, it's I just it a parody the, with great, like, acting. And the perfect, songs are across the board bangers. Like, I'll say I like every I, one of these songs is good. I like the songs. Yeah. The songs were the good. Songs oh, no, you can't do that. You can't do that. You have to pick it. Is it bad or is it good? If you like something, <laughs> hit it. Oh, it makes it a good movie. No, no, I never said it was a bad. I never said it was a bad song. Yeah. I no, no, no. You said, you it's said a bad it's a bad movie. movie. So everything in it is no, bad. That's how that. it works. Sorry, that's how it works. <laughs> that's not what I said. That's not how, that's it, how works. it works. <laughs> that's how it works. You can't force a contradiction. 
You just <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not how it works. No, I, I don't, don't know, Phil. That was that. pretty good comedy. In the movie. Huh? <laughs> All, All right, right. We're, that's great. I think we're gonna move on a few scenes okay. later. We get uh, <laughs> Dewey and Darlene having their will they won't they. Of course, uh, like everything else in the movie, it's over the top and exaggerated. They get married. A little turn me on there. I was like, what? yeah. They get married. <laughs> get married. Uh, and then. Edith walks in on them, and he got married twice. Uh, Edith walks leaves in him. on him in the most awkward yes. sex scene I have ever seen. He <laughs> stomps like a like. rhino. He's like hovering like a horse. Like, <sighs> <laughs> and uh, of course, Edith packs and leaves. She takes the children, and uh, Dewey warns her, "You can take the children, but you leave me my monkey." <laughs> Which is uh, where he gets the inspiration for "Guilty as Charged." Yes, Chris. I thought of the funniest part. Go for it. Um, when at the end, the very end of the movie, he um says no to the Viagra. All right, and then he says, "I'm trying to surpass temptation," and then he passes the temptation. That's yeah, funny. That that's, that's a very funny part. Bit. That's the only part that made me like really go, oh, "Okay, that's dumb." Like, I don't <laughs> like, I thought <laughs> like that was that was crafty. That was crafty. Yeah, yeah that, that was a good one. one. Oh, the temptations, and then uh. <laughs> But we get his uh, little angry breakdown scene where John C. Reilly gets to break the set a little bit, and it's the first time he breaks the sink, which he gets to multiple times. And it transitions into his song, Guilty as Charged. Now, Michael, I'm sure you're very familiar with that phrase. Have you ever pled guilty as charged when you go to court? Oh, no. No, no, no. Okay. I always fight it. Okay. Always not guilty. Gotta fight. Yeah. Always gotta fight. <laughs> I got the law in my back pocket anyways. That was... <laughs> I'm a white man. I, I can just, you know, I can get away with a lot of that stuff. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad he said it. Zach, what's up? I got you, Johnny. I was gonna say I thought that was a that was a kind of a clever callback to a joke is when like he's fighting with his wife and he's like guilty as charged and she's like, Don't write a song while we're fighting. And then yes. later on the next yeah. the next hit is guilty as charged. I thought that was yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Which, uh, of course, transitions into the dark fucking period montage where he, you know, is doing drugs and having sex with all these groupies and eventually winds up in prison and rehab, uh, as recommended by his record executive, uh, where the doctor is played by the guy from Daredevil who gets killed by flicking a, a, a paperclip into his throat. Zach, you remember that scene? <laughs> of course I do. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I just wanted to no, I just wanted to point that out. I just I recognize him for something and I'm like No, I like Daredevil gets killed by dive onto his IMDB page, <laughs> Dylan. Uh no. No, no. <laughs> no, he knows but that face. Oh yeah. But of course, uh Darlene comes back for him and we transition to Berkeley 1966. Now they mention Charlie Manson. I want to put this out to the table. He doesn't appear in the movie. Who would who would you have cast from this era to play Charlie Manson in this movie? Oh, good Chris question. Harvey. Yeah. Uh, Chris Harvey. <laughs> Two thousand seven. Chris Harvey. I was. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I would go with that. I was well. Uh, or maybe I'll like I bet Jim Carrey would have made an excellent um, over the yeah. top. Uh, Charlie yeah. Manson. I did think it was weird that that they mentioned him and he wasn't in it at all. Yeah, yeah. But I was expecting. Uh, like I mean, a Steve Carell. What's Steve the guy Carell from uh, yeah. Shit Creek? What's the, that, John? The, guy, the lead guy. 
the lead guy from Shit's Creek. I can't think of his name. Um, Levy. Oh, Eugene Levy. <laughs> oh, Gene. Yeah, sorry, Gene. yeah. I think yeah. he'd have been. I think he'd have done a funny <laughs> job at any character in that movie. That guy's just hilarious. But he'd be yeah, him is. Um, yeah, him is the guy. Who were we just talking about? Jesus Christ. Um, Manson. Charles. Manson. Charlie Manson. Charles Man. Yeah, Charles Manson. Him and Charles Manson would be really funny. Yeah. We uh, we do get a few uh, parodies of Bob Dylan songs, which I appreciate. Um, mm-hmm. We get uh, what is it? It's Royal Jelly and Midget Man. I think are the Midget names Man. of the songs. Yep. Yeah. That Midget Man song uh, was hilarious. To be honest with you, it's a good one. <laughs> Though uh, the joke about remaking Wizard of Oz feels a, I'm not gonna lie to me felt a little out of place in this. Feels a little too wink wink for the rest of the stuff they're doing. Yeah, but I can see that. Yeah, maybe that's just me. But uh, then we get to everybody's favorite scene, uh, Dewey Cox with the Beatles, <laughs> where uh, we get, you know, the Beatles infighting and we get a very on the nose Beatles from Jack Black, Justin Long, yeah. um, Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say when I saw this the first time, I thought this scene was funny. I also love Jack Black and I like all these guys. When I watched, uh, I watched it twice this week just, just to make sure. When I saw it the two times this week, uh, that scene actually is kind of too long and not very funny. Uh, I, I really could have done without that scene. Although, obviously, leading up to like the LSD trip was kind of funny, just so you get into like the Sgt. Pepper thing. But uh, I, I, I thought that that scene really kind of slowed the movie down and was like, all right, let, let's sit in this set piece for like way too long. So, yeah, yeah it's, I, I, it's I, a little I, bit too long. Um, I think that's because of Paul or, or because of uh, Judd Apatow just like letting those funny guys just go on for too long. <laughs> and yeah. just the like them sort of like acknowledging that they're doing terrible accents was funny, but they did it like four times and maybe cut that down to two. It yeah. does break the momentum of the movie pretty, pretty dramatically. It, it's um, like a hard stop all of a sudden in it. Like if it was half, half and half, like half LSD trip, half, whole like real life thing it probably would have been an okay like slow down and then pick up at the lsd to the rest of the movie yeah it just needed to be like half of what it was now if if they would have put the rest of it at like the end during a blooper reel like that's where that would have been like oh this is fucking hilarious yep i agree now question question for the table who would have dropped acid with the beatles oh fuck sure Yeah, yeah me Harpy, yeah, you don't even have to think about Harpy. that one. Chris, I, I know you're straight edge, so that's okay. I don't, I don't have the heart to do drugs. Okay. <laughs> I'm nothing wrong with that. Especially with I the also, Beatles. I also didn't know the song. <laughs> I didn't know any Beatles song until I watched the movie yesterday. <laughs> oh. Wow. You, you like that movie? You More like that movie? <laughs> More and more. <laughs> more and more is becoming clear as we speak tonight. Yeah, it's Zach's gone. Zach's said, "Fuck it, he's out." Zach's out. <laughs> Zach, you get it back in here. I see you backstage. Anyway, now so we're gonna we're gonna cut forward. Funny movie. <laughs> that is not a. Oh my god. Oh my what movie is he talking about? <laughs> I'm gonna break my chair. I'm gonna break my chair across the universe. 
<laughs> oh, man. no. He said yesterday. Oh, he said yesterday. That's oh, the wait, you saw for... yesterday, and this was the first. He saw <laughs> yesterday three times in the theater. And he... Yeah. <laughs> the movie where the world forgets the Beatles exist until somebody sings Beatles songs. That Real was a good movie. Oh. <laughs> Can we can we really like consider recasting Chris? Or at least move me away from him. To, we just need to send I wish StreamYard had breakout rooms so I could send Zach and Chris back there to just reconcile for the next 10 minutes. Um <laughs> timeout room, yeah. The penalty box. Anyway. Um so, I'm so angry my Wi-Fi starts slowing down. Yeah. Man, the, the heat is just electrifying the air. I love it. After anyway, after the Beatles do acid with him, we get a pretty long sequence of uh, parody scenes where the band falls apart. Eight months later, Dewey's on uh, LSD. He's trying to break. Uh, John C. Riley does PCP after promising his wife that he is going to go clean. He winds <laughs> up in uh, rehab once more in a parody. I rehab? think it's is it rehab? No, he winds uh, up in yeah. prison. Rehab like, blanket. Okay. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, more and less blankets. <laughs> yes. Uh, That's exactly then, right, nurse. We need more blankets and we need less blankets. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, he gets clean and he sees the ghost of his brother who has uh, aged up into Jonah Hill with a uh, sad kid m- wig on. He's got like the swept aside like emo band bangs a little bit. And he gives him a pretty Old good um, style, kind of gives him a pretty good like I would have been a fucking astronaut making out with women on the moon. I would have been the president of the United States. Yeah. <laughs> you ever tried to get off with a ghost hand? <laughs> and, uh, of course, we go to the 70s where uh, he talks to his new manager who decides to put him on TV with the Dewey Cox show, which uh, the aesthetic for everybody looks very similar to how people dress in uh, 2021 Boulder. I don't know how it is in the rest of the world, but <laughs> it didn't look too different yeah. from when I go outside during the day. Uh, Jane Lynch does a little interview with him, and Jane Lynch is great in everything she does. Um, hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, Zach, what did you think of the joke about Red Hulk? Considering this movie came out in 2007, and the first appearance of Red Hulk in the comics is 2008. Uh, (laughs) uh, I thought that it was, uh, A, the joke was funny to me only because both of the people involved had watched uh, the Hulk that night, which means they weren't even watching their own show. They were complaining about not having ratings. Uh, <laughs> but I'm 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 always a fan of uh, of Red Hulk jokes. Like uh, obviously, Chris Harvey will tell you that uh, continuity is not that important when it comes to movies. Um, so yeah, that's fine. <laughs> what does continuity mean? <laughs> it's uh, I, I think it's how thick your poop is. Oh, God. <laughs> It's when you get a new bed, but it's too small and it's on a metal frame. <laughs> Continuity. Continuity. Can you use that in a sentence? No. Um, can we workshop these jokes a little bit before we start so that they're not so awkward? Never. <laughs> That's the entire point, man. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Jane Lynch gives him an interview where obviously she gets every question she asks wrong, and you see almost a almost a little bit of sentimentality coming through in John C. Riley's performance where every question kind of gets through to him a little bit. Um, or maybe that was yeah. just me. 
Well, no, you're right, but also that break in the middle where she just tells him what what a shit show that he's on, and that he's even being mm-hmm. interviewed during a shit show, and he's like thinking he's coming back. Uh, no, I thought that was really really good. And then obviously the thing that throws him overboard it, not not his dead parents, not his uh, anything else, not not his uh, lack of kids, but it's the fact that he can't smell. That's what throws him overboard. And I thought that was I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah. Then, uh, of course, we uh, see the ghost of Nate once more, who tells him to go see Paw. So he goes to see Paw, and they get into a machete fight, because it turns out Paw has been training, his, in his words, body and mind to kill his son with a machete. <laughs> well, is is this when uh, his, his ghost ages up to Jonah Hill? That's that first appearance, yes. So, yes. A, the, the first time I saw that, I thought that was crazy. I was like, this makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> Although Jonah Hill obviously needs to be in this. But it turns out that Johnny Cash would often have dreams of his brother who was two years difference yep. and would age his brother up along with him. So I was like, all right, I guess that's fiction. Uh, like, uh, I guess that's uh, pretty accurate. It's, it's accurate. And I think the casting made it a pretty effective joke as well. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I mean, except for John C. Riley's fifty years old and Jonah Hill's thirty, and they're supposed to be two years apart, and whatever. Who cares? Whatever. Uh, but then we get a continuity is not important. John yeah. C. Nope. Riley played a fifteen or a fourteen-year-old earlier in this movie, so it really doesn't matter. Yeah, but at the time he wasn't, and Jonah Hill got aged up to Jonah Hill. They could have picked anybody to be that. It could have been older. All right, Chris Harvey, saying. calm down. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was calling Zach. Oh, oh. Chris Harvey no, decided to take actually... the same the same nap during this review that he took during the movie. No, I actually was gonna say the 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 whole movie they were messing up the ages on purpose. Like mm-hmm. he kept saying the age, like his age, and it was supposed to be funny at some point. I know, but yeah. at the time that he, but the time at the time that he saw Jonah Hill, he was, I think, supposed to be fifty years old. Well, it, it doesn't matter, whatever, oh. whatever. Um, but uh, <laughs> he has he has a little bit of a mental break after his dad kills himself with a machete because you know it's far easier than you think to cut yourself in half with a machete. Uh, and yeah. we get that goofy little like yeah, that, obviously that obviously standing on the stage below the actual floor with the fake legs. It's I I like the corny effect because they're like. Nobody's going to take this seriously anyway, so we're just going to put a pair of prop legs standing up. Oh, yeah. uh, and then we meet... I think they were the same legs from the when he, his brother got cut in half. <laughs> I, do, I, think they, I think they missed an opportunity to knock those legs down like they did with Nate. Yeah. Because yeah. when those legs fall just straight down, yeah. one of the best like visual gags in that, in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, like, after... Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> after Dewey has his issues uh, it's a shame Justin's not here because I was going to really rib him for this one but we get the scene with Dewey catching up with all 60 something of his uh, children montage of them teaching stuff talking about Macbeth having a catch uh, so <laughs> simple yet powerful with each and every one of them yeah each and every one of them um, and then of course after he's learned a little bit about himself and his family Darlene returns and Dewey Gets a sense of smell back. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, apropos of nothing, kind of. Uh, I mean, he's... Well, he he lost his sense of smell when he killed his brother, and then he gets mm-hmm. it back when his life sort of... When he found family. ...comes again. back together. So, oh. like, it was all somatic the whole time. 
I thought he just had COVID the whole time. <laughs> oh, that's timely. <laughs> yeah. He, is, he is about to fall asleep. He, he's about to yes, fall asleep. Chris. <laughs> he looks like he's in a chair going. <laughs> he looks like my dad after a meal. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, we get uh, the record executive uh, visiting a, I think he said he's 71 years old. Uh, yep. Turns out. A uh, an upcoming rap artist named Lil Nut Zach has um, sampled <laughs> Walk Hard, which has brought it back into the public consciousness, and he's going to be given the uh, Lifetime Achievement Award, which uh, you know it's a pretty big thing for a country music uh, singer, or I guess rock and roll, but you know it, it's that sort of genre crossover you get from the '60s that bled, like Johnny Cash. Yeah, like rock Johnny and Cash. Roll tree crossover. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, we go to the Grand Ole Opry, I believe, where they got Jewel, Lyle Lovett, and Jackson Brown on stage together, which if you are like a fan of music in that genre like I am, is one of the highlights of the film, is to see these uh, big-name country artists doing things dead serious for a movie that is so over the top. Uh, <laughs> we also get Ghostface Killa. Eddie Vedder gives the uh, d- you know little uh, description thing. And we are back at the scene which framed the opening of the movie. Yeah. Where Dewey Cox is contemplating his life, he does turn down Viagra though first, and it meets <laughs> the temptations, which is of course Chris Harvey's favorite scene in the movie. Yeah, yeah, very, very good scene though. That was a very <laughs> clever and quick joke. Yeah. And then uh, we end the movie <laughs> with him. What? All right, we uh, end the movie with him singing his new song, which was inspired by some words his son said. Beautiful ride. Which, mm-hmm. uh, in my opinion, is actually a very sincere-sounding song. Yeah, there was no jokes to it. Like, it, 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 if you listen to it without the context of the movie, it, it is a cute, uh, uh, really adorable song. And, uh, of course, it's played over a montage of uh, almost like a clip show showing clips of his life. And it's all clips that were not in the movie. Uh, him and his brother riding a tractor, I believe. Jane Lynch riding him during the interview. A uh, variety they of puns. Chicken. That's it. A tractor and a horse. <laughs> <laughs> they were playing chicken. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> and, of course, we end the movie with some, uh, you know, where are they now title placards, including the one saying that Dewey Cox died on stage three minutes after that performance. <laughs> yeah. An amazing performance. Oh, I, thought it, it. I thought it said three months. No, three minutes. Three, three minutes. minutes. He just died yeah. immediately yeah. after. He, yeah. he yeah. was like, ah. sang a song yeah. which encapsulated his entire life and promptly died on stage. Well, I mean, in all, in all fairness, it, the very first time he turns drugs down, he dies. So uh, let, let's yep. make sure that we keep that in context. Like, kids, maybe don't turn drugs down. You, you could die. <laughs> yes. They're expensive. You, you could die. No. Even if it's erectile yeah. dysfunction pills. It, yeah. You got to do it. You don't have to take them then. You can always just, you know, pocket them for later. Yeah, just don't turn them down. Uh, also, did anyone happen to w- happen to watch through the credits until that a weird end credit scene? No. Honestly, what a waste of time. <laughs> no that quick. was Yeah, it was sort of yeah, it yeah, was sort it was of terrible. a waste of time. Ugh. Now I I just do that and like I, I you know the credits roll and I start doing something around like the house or whatever and I kind of just keep tuning in to see if there's something during the credits of everything I watch and when that one started I was like oh I, I've never seen this before and I'm like man poop <laughs> I yeah, like I don't even I don't shit. even get the joke but whatever <laughs> uh, they did a cross country tour 
John C. Riley played this soundtrack live on a cross country tour at different venues. So I suspect it's probably footage from that. Um, not that that necessarily like helps anything. Right. It's still kind of a weird inclusion to have, but you know, a little bit of context as to where that footage might've come from. Hmm. Maybe. Yeah. So yeah. any, any end thoughts from you guys about this movie? That's about wrapped up on the actual story there. I was surprised. Uh, be honest i i wasn't expecting anything like chris harvey and i got more than i was expecting an actual okay movie that has great parts in it (laughs) 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 yeah like i said um the first time i watched it i was just expecting because that was the time when John C. Riley was doing a lot of stuff with Will Ferrell. So it was like, I was expecting sort of one of those Will Ferrell type, like joke after joke, after joke, after joke. And I came away with it going, Oh, that was a better movie than I was expecting. And then when I watched it the second time, I was like, Oh, you know, when you watch it a second time, it's like, Oh, I missed that the first time. And this is funny. And this is funny. So it ended up being like, we had a, a good movie with like a lot of heart and also like just the amount of funny people that are in that movie is ridiculous. Like every time somebody came up on screen, I'm like, Oh, I know them from this thing. And I know them from like, you know, everybody who was in it and it, they're all just hilarious. And also um, what's his face. Oh, damn it. Craig Robinson is one of the, like most criminally underrated performers. Like he's hilarious. He can sing, he can play the piano. Like the fact that that guy is not the most famous person on the planet, it, it boggles my wow. mind. Michael finally said something yeah. intelligent. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, Chris going out to the throat here with the jugular. <laughs> Full on. Like Dylan's the ten dollar wow. man, Zach's the five dollar man, Chris is just sniping people in the throat. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I've heard Chris talk. I don't take anything that he says seriously. <laughs> we have our first boxing match, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. We'll have, we'll have the uh, real boys cage matches coming up. Uh, just so we can really quantify what people think. How about we go th- around and uh, give our reels out of 10? Zach, you want to start? Yeah. When I saw this movie the first time, I probably would have said eight or nine. But rewatching it again, I'm going to say seven out of 10 reels. Yeah. Right on. Wow. Dan, how about you? Uh, just it was it was a funny movie. Um it was and it could have been a little bit shorter like uh chris said earlier it could have been shorter not really 20 minutes but i could have done with like a i could have done with like a 90 minute film but uh i'm i'm going to give it a 7 yeah right on michael what are you thinking it wasn't that much longer <laughs> than 90 minutes <laughs> it was like 2 uh, hours no, no it was it was, no, no. it was it was 96 <laughs> minutes yeah, it could have been ninety minutes then. Okay, it was six minutes too long, <laughs> yeah, six and that minutes six minutes was the, uh, the middle. Two part. minutes off for every minute, or two reels <laughs> off for every minute over. Yeah, yeah. no, I'm I, I'm exactly the opposite of Zach. Um, the first time I watched it, I probably would have given it a seven, but after I watched it a second time, I'm actually going to give it maybe more than some of the movies that I picked, and I'm going to give it a nine. Whoa, Ooh. high numbers. Whoa. All right. Uh, Chris, Chris, uh, now's your chance to deflate that. Go ahead. I, 
I laughed three times, so it gets three reels. Yikes. Whoa! All right. <laughs> All right. And uh, Phil, what are you thinking? Well, because I want to spite Chris because he's just an asshole, though. Um, <laughs> I love your opinion, even though it's wrong. Um, but I would say it's a it's it's a five. Like right. it does it, do, it, wow. it skewers the comedian uh satirical. It's a great movie. They did it so great. Five, five? make no sense. That's spicy, Chris. <laughs> at, least, at least everyone else Phil. is consistent. I respect everyone. 150. Great your number. Five reels. Oh Johnny, God. Johnny, what do you think <laughs> on the reels? Uh, yeah, I gave it a good seven, man. Um, I was thinking about bumping it up to an eight because Michael, like what Michael said, everybody, even the small parts, were somebody recognizable and funny. So, yeah, I mean, it's good. Even if you didn't like the movie, just the sheer like power of like just everybody, big, small, every role was really funny. A really funny actor. Right on. Yep. I and agree. Uh, myself, I'm going to give it a solid eight. I'd recommend this to people. Uh, I'm ranking this probably a little higher because I like music. Um, oh. Justin's in the chat. Yeah, why not? Let's uh, let's factor his in. Why not? <laughs> Can he text and drive that tour bus with all those kids in it? Uh, he's probably got one of his kids driving. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, looks like our average uh, review for this out of ten reels comes out to fifty three out of eighty, which comes out to about six point six. So solid yeah. passing grade. You yeah. know, D- D's get degrees. I think is what they say. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Not jobs. Yeah. Degrees, not jobs. Degrees, not jobs. You're right. But I mean, if they're looking at your GPA when you're applying for jobs and you're applying for the wrong jobs. Yep. That's true. <laughs> true. Uh, you're, D's, you're not applying for the job that cares about your GPA. That's for sure. That's true. <laughs> All right. McDonald's is looking very friendly, though. <laughs> Anybody have any parting words before we start doing our in- outros? This was a great movie. <laughs> Whatever, Chris. <laughs> Thank you for agreeing with me, Chris. If if anyone has ever seen the movie yesterday, you know Chris's opinion cannot be ju- uh, trusted. That this is oh god. Or if you've seen a quiet place. Well, I, I can I can see a Quiet Place being a good movie. I enjoy a Quiet Place, especially the first time I watched it. I had a really good time. Yesterday is a steamy pile of garbage. Like that is a fact. <laughs> that movie's not funny. That movie's not clever. What? That movie is that movie is an accidental wow. idea that somebody put a budget to, and wow, that is ups- that is upsetting. It- it does sound yeah. like an idea Zach would text me that I would not put in our shared Google Doc. No, like, no. The world no. forgets hey, about wait. the Beatles and some guys you only got to remember. And I'm like, that, no, Zach, that is just nobody's going to go see that. Zach sounds sad that he didn't get to be a Beatle. Like, that's, like, that's all it is. Like, he's just jealous. Like, he's like, I wanted to be one of the Beatles. Yeah. That's all it sounds like. Zach yeah. is that old. He's not yeah. Michael, for Christ's sake. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, right on, gentlemen. Let's get uh, these outros rolling. I'm just going to hit this button, and we'll start with whoever shows up. Oh, what a shock. It's Chris. Chris, yeah. give us your outro first. You guys just got to kick me out first? Not at yeah. all. <laughs> Chris, sure. Harvey, Chris Harvey Comedy on all social media. If you want to see real funny comedy stuff, check me out, Chris Harvey Comedy. Right on. Next up, Zach. Hey. Are you, where, where can we find you? 
Uh, if you're looking at Dylan, you're probably looking at me, but you can find all of our stuff at stumnobodies.com. You can see us on our show Talking Upstream on uh, Sunday. You can see us on a live version called Twitching Upstream on Tuesdays. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Stumnobodies.com. Right on. All right. Next up, Dan, give us your stuff. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Dan Lavely. You can catch me on Oops Caught Me Smoking on Spotify or wherever you like to listen to your podcast and also on YouTube. So go on over there and check me out. Don't forget to like and subscribe. I need numbers. I love you. I'm out. <laughs> Michael Colby, who are you? Listen to me. Jack Billings presents me and my neighbor, Michael. Please listen. I'm going to die soon, and I would like to see my numbers go up. Okay. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> go ahead, Johnny. Johnny Blaze, Cloud Chronicles, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, the WeTube, Real Boys. Check me out. Love you. Bye. <laughs> right on. Good words. All right. Phil, go ahead and give them. I'm the penultimate here, ladies and gentlemen. I am Phil Better, the host with the most from the incredible Invest in Yourself podcast, uh, Invest in Yourself, the digital entrepreneur podcast, podcast that you can listen to twice a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays, dropping on noon EST, and you can better your life with it. That's All right. It. Right on. <laughs> and finally, my name is Dylan. You can also find me at some nobodies, talking upstream, twitching upstream, Silicon Angels podcast, podcast, whole bunch of stuff. Uh, we just reviewed Dewey Cox, Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. I'm going to get that title right one of these days. Uh, I'm going to leave you on these words. Remember... In between family and friends, be well out there. Tell your loved ones you love them, and we'll all see you next time on Real Boys. Like, subscribe. You can find us anywhere. Be well. Take it easy.